Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. What started with a love for freckles turned into a revolutionary brand and business. I sit down with Remy Brixton, the founder and CEO of Freck Beauty, the world's first freckle cosmetic, to hear how she's successfully transforming the beautyscape. Stay tuned. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable in Maine has been an incredible journey so far, and so I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Remy Brixton. Remy is the CEO and founder of Freck Beauty. After a lifelong obsession with freckles and years of research perfecting the perfect freckle, Remy Brixton found that there was no company that created what she was looking for. So she created it herself and Freck was born. From makeup artists and celebrities to influencers and TikTokers, these temporary freckles are going viral. And what I love most about it is that it was all inspired by Remy's clear, vibrant and diverse vision for the brand. So without further ado, Remy, it's such a pleasure to be speaking with you today. Akash, thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled and honored to be here. Thank you so much. Well, the honor is mine. And, you know, I ask all the guests the same question. It's quite a tough one, but like, I do want to know in a very short, if it can be, because it's hard, but um, a short (laughs) response, who is Remy Brixton? (laughs) Yeah, um, it is. That's a hard question. Um, Hi, everybody. My name is Remy. I'm the founder and CEO of Freck Beauty, as Akash just mentioned. Um, I am a freckle fanatic. I have been since the first days that I can remember. I'm from Seattle. So actually, when you look at my uh, childhood drawings, like the sun has freckles and the plants have freckles and the dogs have freckles. So I've just always been obsessed with freckles and also always kind of thought that I would be an entrepreneur. Actually, when I was in high school, um, I remember this moment where I was outside a movie theater with one of my girlfriends and I was like... uh, I think I'm going to be like kind of a big deal not to be, you know, conceited, but, but for my work, not for anything else for my work. So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, but more personally, 
I live in East LA, which I love. I've been here for about a decade now. Um, and I have two cats who are wonderful loves of my life, but I'm also uh, very into my chosen family. I have a super amazing friend group out here in East LA, who I love very much. And uh, I love music and socializing. I'm really a social butterfly. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love it. I think everyone needs a Remy in their life. The way you explain yourself, it's like <laughs> the, the dream friend. So I, I love that. So, so, so cool. Before we get into the brand, I just want to first ask, like, I mean, I, I get it. I think they're beautiful, but why the obsession with freckles? Yeah. Well, I'm, um, for anybody watching on YouTube, I'm very obviously very Scandinavian and pale. And growing up in Seattle, you know, there's not a lot of sun. Uh, so I just never had them. And I was so envious of, you know, I remember like Giselle was kind of like in her height in the eight, in, sorry, in the nineties. And I just thought that she just had the most beautiful freckles. And all of my friends on the playground had freckles and they were getting teased. And I was like, this is so weird because I am literally obsessed with your freckles. So, um, I think they're also just kind of like a, a true mark of natural beauty, and they had been for a long time, um, because obviously, you know, freckles kind of signify to people that you're not wearing makeup and you're just, you have natural beauty, but I love that with Freck OG, Freck XL, and Freck Noir, you know, you can kind of create whatever look you want. So really for me, like, for whatever reason, freckles are self-expression. I think it's so interesting how it's something that we've all felt and I've looked at freckles and I've been like I wish I had freckles but I'm obviously of a lot darker skin tones I don't know if mm -hmm. you'll see them as much but you know you could mm -hmm. um but it's crazy how in the in the very saturated makeup market and cosmetic industry there really mm -hmm. isn't a brand that's kind of doing it especially at the level which you guys have done so was it always something that you you knew that you could do or did you just feel like wow no one's doing this <laughs> i need to do it because i want it yeah yeah no that's such a good question um yeah when i was in college same actually same girlfriend that i was talking about at the movie theater um we were sitting in our bathroom we were getting ready for i think a night out or something and i turned to her and i was just like i really wish that i could put on freckles and it was kind of the first time that i said it out loud and she whipped back at me and she was like oh my god me too so that was kind of like the first moment where i was like oh i'm not alone in this absolute fascination with freckles um and then you know eventually i met a mentor well she wasn't my mentor when i met her obviously but i kind of she had decades of experience in cosmetic manufacturing and i told her the idea and she was like oh this is actually a really interesting idea and no one's doing it so if you're serious about it here's the first five steps i was an interior i went to school for interior design so it absolutely was just like a labor of a passion project 1000 percent um i was working multiple full-time jobs the whole time that it was getting up and running um and really one thing that's interesting about Freck beauty is that my relationship with beauty developed alongside building the brand. So it started out as Freckles solely. We launched with one product, which was Freck OG, and I never in a million years thought that this would get into Sephora and be a whole, you know, an entire brand. But developing my relationship with beauty um, alongside the Freckles, I think has really lend itself well to the product assortment and also, you know, the day and age that we're in. because. Seattle, you know, not a lot of people wear makeup in Seattle. So I was really like learning how to apply all of the products, like as we were developing them and creating them, which is very different, I think, from a lot of, you know, founder stories, which everybody has their own unique, beautiful founder story. But a lot of people 
are like, oh, I saw this white place in the market because I was a beauty aficionado. Um, so very different track from that. It's so inspiring how you've started it from like a love, but also seeing the gap in the market, but also how you're fusing your past experiences with interior design. And I think I want to get into that a bit because I can see today yeah. the packaging, it's stunning. So you've definitely got an eye for creativity and artistry. Um, so I'm guessing, right, that comes from your interior design background. Can you talk us a bit about why interior design and how you made the jump from interior design to beauty? Yeah, totally. So it's actually funny. I had a couple career changes because I was kind of just like, you know, when you're when you're younger, I think it's it's a beautiful thing to be open to experiencing a couple different things, especially if you end up going to school after high school. Um, so I actually first went to school for um, branding at this really crazy college in Washington called the Evergreen State College, where you get to like design your own major. So one of the classes that I re- and you don't get grades. It's like very granola, <laughs> very crunchy. Um, but when I uh, one of my favorite classes at that college was branding and anti-consumerism. So like very like understanding marketing, but from like a really uh, disruptive point of view and like what makes people tick. Then I moved to LA and I started my career in interior design, um, which is funny. So now that I have a brand, like I de- all of the pieces of your career path, at least for me, have like molded together to to give me the skill set to be able to to work on this brand, which is really fun. But yes, definitely the packaging um, is something that we always get, uh, you know, noted for. Um, I really, really love packaging design. I have an incredible art director named Nasera. If you're listening, hi Nasera, um, and she is just the absolute vision. Like alongside me, we work on everything together, from packaging to website to photo shoots. Um, so I, I couldn't take credit without her, of course, but, um, one of the fun things that we do when we're getting close to like final design on a package is we actually pull up all my old design files and we drop them into bathrooms, um, because we want our products to be your like shelf, your vanity candy, your like shelfy, selfie, shelfy brag. So all of the, all of the bathrooms from the ones that I absolutely love designing to the ones that I was like, this is heinous, you know, like in the beginning of my career, um, and just make sure that the packaging and the branding itself is really a reflection of the person whose space it's in, as opposed to shoving our branding and anything down like someone else's throat. We always want, you know, the consumer to have their own relationship with our packaging, which is why you'll see it's very like muted colors, a lot of white on clear glass. Um, we, we want it to be a mirror for the consumer. So then, you know, you created the idea of the Freck Beauty name. Well, I think actually on that note, was it initially another name? And then I read <laughs> something about Jimmy Kimmel, but maybe you can yeah. tell us about it. Yeah, totally. Um, so like I said, you know, Freck was launched just the hunt for the perfect freckle. Um, I, again, never in a million years thought we would get here. I really just wanted to, I, I became obsessed with the puzzle of figuring out how one might make a beauty product. And it was just for me and my like couple of friends out here in LA that I knew wanted freckles. Um, so, so <laughs> it started out as a Kickstarter in 2015 that did not fund. And it was really, you know, obviously embarrassing because it not only did I have all, I, you know, I asked my entire personal network to go support the Kickstarter, but also it started going viral because in 2015 at the time, you know, full coverage foundation was in full swing. There were like all like so many laser treatments and facial treatments were coming out for people to, you know, remove any sort of like melasma, um, dark spots, like things that are, are at the time were considered 
quote flaws, um, which I definitely don't agree with, but that was the time. So, so when the Kickstarter came out, everybody was like, what, who is this crazy girl? And what is she trying to do? Nobody wants freckles. Everybody's trying to get rid of their freckles. So I pretty much got dragged. Jimmy Kimmel actually ripped the Kickstarter video, like, and did a whole three minute segment on how ridiculous it was. Like Guillermo came out with his freckles on. It was just like crazy. Um, but actually I was like, why are people so like emotionally connected to this idea? So I knew there was something there as far as like people really, you know, responding to it, whether it be positive or negative. Um, but the, the brand started out as go freck yourself was the first name, um, which was a little bit aggressive. And then it became freck yourself still, still aggressive. Then it became freck when we launched, it was freck and the product was freck and that was it. And obviously that was confusing. So we landed eventually in 2018 when we started expanding into our clean skincare as freck beauty, which is where we stand today. And I love how you've taken what could be perceived as like negative, right? Um, uh, kind of feedback, mm-hmm. especially like Jimmy Kimmel of going viral. It's not like, not all the response yeah. would have been positive, but you're, instead of kind of running away from the idea, you know, you navigate, you, you shift and you, you make the business mold into where it could be, but you see the positives of that, which is the potential, the, the buzz yeah. and the fact that, um, you know, it's actually empowering you to create what it is. And now, honestly, yeah. I would love Jimmy to do a segment on showing where it is because that would be really freaking cool. I know. Freaking cool, I should say. <laughs> I know, right? I'm very ready for Jimmy to, I'm, I'm ready for that call. I'll be like, let's just have a little chit chat about this. But um, yeah, back to your point about positivity. I mean, I think that any entrepreneur that you've probably spoken to and anybody who's listening, like there's so many hurdles that you have to overcome. And I think like, you can look at it a million different ways. But for me, I look at it as like, try to like pull the little like kernels out of it that are, you know, going to be helpful for you. And like, if you're going to fail at something like fail the way that you want to fail at it, because then you can, you know, see what you can pull out of that as opposed to like, you know, just, you know, be true to yourself. But yeah, it was, to be honest, you know, I went into like a little hole for like three months after the Kickstarter failed. Cause I was just like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. But I got back up and and actually that was the best thing that could have happened. We ended up launching in 2017, so it took me two years. Um, but I completely redesigned, repackaged everything from the Kickstarter. And if I had been successful with the Kickstarter, we would have a product that was completely subpar to what it is now. So I'm actually it actually was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. And the timing too. Like people weren't ready in 2015. In 2017, they were like, "Oh, okay, I'm like kind of into this." But luckily. Um, you know, we had a, a like probably you know a couple thousand people who stuck around from the Kickstarter, followed us on Instagram, and and also were like, you know, the community is always just such a reassuring driver that you have a good idea too. So, shout out to the early Freck fam for sure. <laughs> and I'm sure that they're, they're just so excited to see where the brand is today because you went you no know, from initially creating a, a, a Freckle cosmetic product to now re-diversifying into uh, moisturizers and um but now you have a new launch uh, do you want to talk about your yeah your newness yeah totally we do clean skincare and makeup right now we actually have a pretty interesting assortment at sephora um there are there are a handful of brands that cross over from skincare to color but it's kind of a a weird thing to navigate because it's new into the Sephora landscape. They don't really know, you know, where to place us going forward. So that's something that we're partnering with them together, of course. 
our second most successful SKU is called Cheek Slime. It's a lip and cheek tint with plant collagen, and it's just like the most beautiful. It's essentially, it's a blush, um, but it's a slime. It's a really interesting, like slimy jelly cream kind of texture, and it dries, it starts out slime, and it dries down to a natural matte finish. So it it's definitely a weird texture, but the thing that's great about it is that it lasts all day, which for anybody listening who has tried cream blushes, a lot of the times they fall off after a little while, especially if you're a face toucher like me. We've expanded the franchise now, and we just launched Slime Light, which is our multi-mineral holographic highlighter. And it is just the most ridiculous, like, sickening like out of this world highlighter. I'm actually wearing it right now, which if you could see Akash. So this is the first shade, it's called Big Bang and it goes from green to yellow to gold to silver. And then also when you, in certain lights, it just kind of disappears. So it's like, like a flash of like brilliant light and then it's gone. And the, the packaging is just, I've never seen anything like it. It's stunning. Um, I mean, everyone <laughs> go check it out on, you know, in Sephora, Freck Beauty, but um, we'll, we'll give you the links later, but, and it's in the description, but what you've done is phenomenal with packaging. So for my kind of more into the beauty listeners, um, mm-hmm. was this sort of a unique, did you have to like mold the, the bottle? Mm-hmm. Was it something you've developed yourself or was it something that you've seen in the market? Like it's just, I've never seen it before personally. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's uh so for anyone listening, who's not familiar with the product, it's kind of like a teardrops shaped uh, squeezy bottle. It's called a toddle. And then there's a cap that flips open and you squeeze it out, but it's the cap is at the teardrop side. Um, and it's actually, it's stock. I mean, we had to search high and low for something that was going to work. And it also, um, the toddle is great because it squeezes out product and then it can also suck it back in so because it's, it's extremely pigmented. All of our products are extremely pigmented and rich. So it's great. So you can like suck it back in if you accidentally put too much on your finger. Um, but it's stock. And, you know, that's one of the things about starting a business, bootstrapping it and waiting a really long time to raise capital is that you got to kind of like work with work with what's out there because like custom tooling and all that stuff, like I'm sure a bunch of people listening and you know, too, Akash, it's like, it's crazy expensive and you get there when you get there. (laughs) It's a a journey, you know, it can't be done at the beginning. It has to be done over time. I would say if it's done at the beginning, then you know, you have incredible funding, but that's all. Um, I think you have yeah. to just, uh, people don't realize the cost of molds and uh, patenting packaging. Yeah. It's, it's not easy, but you don't, really, and you don't really need know. to, it's, you know, I'd rather invest in other areas of the business initially because at the end of yeah. the day, formula is more important. Like what's inside, you know, uh, people focus a bit too mm-hmm. much on packaging, but I think, uh, what you guys have created, um, I mean, you wouldn't be winning awards like the Glamour Award, et cetera, for oh your cheek slime if it wasn't for the Thank what's inside. You. So very, very, very yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, you're so complimentary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, especially too, because at the time, like getting fundraising in the beginning was almost impossible because, again, everybody thought that I was crazy for trying to make freckles a thing. Um, so we really had to bootstrap everything. We took out a couple loans from PayPal um, and just did some little like debt financing to get started. But it was really, I mean, there's no proof of concept whatsoever. Nobody had a freckle product. Nobody wanted freckles. It seemed really crazy. So we just really had to bootstrap or I had to bootstrap. And then in 2018, um, after the brand had launched, I brought on my business partner, who is my COO, my wonderful best friend and business partner. <laughs> Uh, and, and it's really important, right, to have people you trust as, as business partners and it's not easy to find. So do you have any tips for people who are listening that are maybe currently working on building mm-hmm. brand alone, but looking at bringing in someone? Yeah. How do you find that person? 
to bring it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I got really lucky. Um, my business partner, so her background is in distribution and sales for uh, wholesale accounts for fashion, actually. So I think it's kind of like really being honest with yourself and um, identifying where you need somebody to step in and where your weaknesses are. Um, and so, you know, I knew at the time, like, I need help in ops for sure. It was like really difficult to keep anything in stock and manage, you know, finance, especially as a startup. Um, but also, you know, I knew we had a huge demo in Europe and specifically UK. So I knew that she would be able to like help us expand, um, to other areas. And she, of course, you know, in, in brand building, she helped us get into Urban Outfitters and Revolve and all of the early partners that we had. So, and then also she's just a really, I think too, like, I think the business had been around for like nine months in the public eye when I brought her on. And I just knew that I, I had already like observed her work, obviously. And I just knew that she was such a hard worker, ready to grind, ready to work until 1am with me. And that's like at the stage that we were at in the business, that was something that I really, really needed to also accountability. Yeah. Um, and she kind of like helped me like stay on track every day. Cause it's, it's easy when you're starting business and it's literally your side hustle and you have two other jobs to like not touch it for a week or two weeks. So like having somebody in for accountability, I think also was just like a, a positive and a benefit to me personally and making sure that I held myself accountable. And filling in those gaps that, you know, we don't, as you said before, like, mm -hmm. you know, distribution to retail connections, everything. It's so important to have a partner yeah. that can, you know, conquer and divide with you because then you're just covering so much mm -hmm. more ground. But do, do you feel now, um, going back a bit to the fundraising angle, do you feel mm -hmm. it's still a constant, because, you know, even for my brand as well, is, do you feel like it's a constant struggle to fundraise or do you feel like at a like a stable point right now in the business where you can just focus on marketing and brand yeah. building? Because that's the problem as a founder. It's balancing that, right? I know, right? Uh, no, I mean, it's never stable. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, we have, we have some really, really great partners now. We just... Um, in 2020, end of 2020, we did our seed round finally. Um, before that, we were fully self-funded and we had a very small um, private friend that put a couple, like put some money into the business um, to support our exclusive launch with Urban Outfitters in the beginning of 2020. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's always it's always top of mind, um, and it's I but I like it that way. You know, I like to keep us lean. We have a lean team. I don't like to, I don't want to, you know, have some crazy office. Like I like keeping things small. And of course we'll get to a point where we're raising a series A and B of course. And, but really it's like in the best interest, what every decision is in the best interest of the business because it's grown to a point now where it's beyond my business partner and I, like we have, you know, fulfillments to our employees, to our community, to our investors. And so every decision is in the best interest of the business. But I think that in the best interest of the business is when you don't have a ton of cash in the bank and you're not like throwing money at, at things that don't, aren't, don't really matter. Like, I think when you're leaner, you can really like focus down on like what's like need to have and what's going to grow the business as opposed to like nice to have. Yeah, I feel it's like a bit of like a conscious capitalism approach, which I feel is so important for founders today of thinking yeah. about all your stakeholders, mm -hmm. how you're bringing them on that journey with you um, and mm -hmm. doing it at a right pace that's sustainable for you and the business, mm -hmm. um, but putting the mm -hmm. business always first. So everything you said resonates yeah. so much yeah. with what I believe in. So. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, I, <laughs> I was on a flight like a couple months ago um, and I, I picked up Entrepreneur Magazine like a total dork <laughs> and I read this article. Um, I can't remember who it was, but one thing that really stuck with me is like find your buckets and that's like for work and for life too. So like my buckets are like, you know, creative, product development, you know, finance, um, you know, the team, like leadership, team management. And then personally, like my friends, my cats, you know, yoga and cooking, the th- reading, like the things that bring me joy. And then identify the buckets in which when what you put your energy into yields the highest return. So like for me, like finance is something that I have to do as a business owner, but creative and product development yields the highest return for the business. So focusing down on those. And I think that that's true when you run a lean team and lean finance, you can see like, okay, I have X dollars in the bank and I know that I'm seeing an immediate return from TikTok ads or, you know, gifting or some sort of guerrilla marketing approach. And you can, especially as a DTC business, you can kind of see, you can measure that really easily. And those are the things that me, I personally, my philosophy is like throw your money into the things that are immediately going to have an ROI while also, of course, saving reserve for all the other things like inventory, stock on hand, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just how I like to approach capital and like making sure that every dollar spent has the highest return possible. Um, because I think it's, it's easy. We've all seen this story before where, you know, businesses will build out these crazy offices and it's like, it's very glamorous, but it's like, you know, that money could probably be better spent within the business. And I think also that's why the blessing of sometimes not having so much capital or access to capital early on in your business career is that you have to, you're kind of forced to A-B test on things because you don't have yeah. that yep. fund. You know, if you have $10,000, you're testing on TikTok mm-hmm. ads and you're doing it properly. And then if it works, you reinvest. If not, yeah. you'll try something else. So I think what you're doing is yeah. is um, the right way to do it. And also we're quite thankful as new startup founders and beauty brand founders that we're not part of these conglomerates that have 100 million on tap. You know, we can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one day we'll, we, we will be... Oh yeah. Table. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. The other thing that's great about it is like, you know, as a startup, like one of the the reasons why, you know, L'Oreal and Shiseido buy us is because we're nimble and we're able to pivot in in a way that they can't, you know, it's just, it's all built out. It's already a system. And obviously that those systems work, but as a small startup, like with a, with a lean team, lean finances, you're really nimble and able to just like move around and and like a b test like that day you know your team is one phone call away it's not a million you know zoom conferences so it's something that's really nice but i think also we've been really particular about not raising like because we want to retain control which i think is something that i'm really glad that we do as we like get ready for our series a next year you know i'm very happy that like we we minimize dilution for for everybody involved. I think anyone who's creating a brand today needs to, as long as you can, prolong mm-hmm. the dilution and be just smart with what investment or what money or capital you have. Yeah. And yeah, as, and as you said as well, don't underestimate your friends and family, the yeah. people around you that mm-hmm. will believe in you yes. um, because that will ultimately help you, um, yeah, not give an arm off so early off in the early on in the career, which yeah. I've heard horror stories of people who've just like got the biggest brands today and then they have like nothing left with the company I and then by the time it becomes big and you're like, Oh, you put all that work and effort and then for seventy thousand dollars you gave away twenty percent of your company. I like, know, what? I know, I know. Now it's worth this. I know, yeah. Um, so it it does it but it's not easy. It's hard, but it's a balancing game. Um but you know, I love 
you're similar to like, I guess me and also as, you know, young entrepreneurs building beauty brands, we do think of that. I'm sure you had that, that article once read and it was in your high head of like Shishido bought drunk elephant for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like what if I could be that kind of uh, brand? So is your goal long-term to like, you know, want us to the level where you built it, you've learned what you've can and it's beyond you and it's graduated beyond us yeah. with our baby gone. Yeah. Do you want to sell it at that point? Yeah, I definitely would. And the reason for that, um, I think a is because I, I really love my job right now. Um, but I think something that would really bring me a lot of personal joy would be to be able to remove myself from it because right now it's so, um, it's so reliant on me for like creative and, um, brand vision. And I, my my personal issue with that is that it's hard for me to like delegate because, um, you know, for instance, Glossier, we all know how to speak Glossier. Like anyone who is a good writer could copyright for Glossier. And at the stage of the business that Breck Beauty is in right now, that's not the case. We're starting to be able to. So I think like being able to build out the voice of Freck strongly enough where anybody can understand it and be able to speak it would be just like a huge personal um, accomplishment for me um, as far as like just brand building. Um, and we're bringing, we're in the like exciting opportunity right now to be hiring some brilliant, brilliant minds in the industry. So I'm really excited for this next phase of, you know, learning from some of the best minds and creatives and beauty. It's like such an exciting thing, but yes, I would sell Freck absolutely because, uh, Shoshana, if you're listening, just kidding. uh, in like five, seven years, because I really have like so many ideas and think, you know, I'm an idea person. And for me, like the most exciting part is obviously the whole thing. I love my job. I love the people that I work with. I love our community, but like that beginning grind part, it's my favorite part and like conceptualizing the idea and figuring out the point of difference I think is really fun for me. So I I would move on to other, um, projects, probably not within beauty, maybe more in, um, fashion or jewelry. And then also mentoring people who want to get into the beauty space would be so exciting for me. And maybe starting a VC fund, who knows? I got a lot of stuff that I want to do. Um, well, I think we shall speak later because some of your ideas, some of my ideas, so we can even work on some things together. I think it's super exciting, but When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Um, Love that. Uh, I, I definitely feel as well like um, it is important if anyone's also with a similar mindset, like think about 
your books today, and when I say your books, your financials, because I've hired a CFO very early mm-hmm. on in the, in, in the, in the company, one of the first few hires, mm-hmm. because he was an M&A before and you know, doing all this stuff. And I want to know that in five, six mm-hmm. years time, they're going to ask, you know, when I do the merge later or the acquisition, sorry, later, they're going to yeah. ask for the five years of financials and prior, and they want to see it all clean mm-hmm. and beautiful and no dodginess. So oh, you yeah. know, if that's something people are listening and interested in, I'm sure you relate, you will say the same Remy is make sure your finances are on, mm-hmm. on on good form and retain as much because at that point mm-hmm. you want to make that decision, not your 20, 30 different investors that you brought on on that mm-hmm. journey with you. Yeah. And make sure I would also say, make sure that you keep, because as a, as anyone listening, who's a founder already, or is trying to be a founder, like it gets really busy. You start forgetting stuff because it's just like, there's so much in your brain all the time. There's people coming with fires at you left and right all day long. So take notes. Like if you have a down month, that's fine. Take a note. Why was it a like macroeconomic thing that was happening, like COVID? Was it that you know you really at, at like EBITDA down, and so like which means overall profitability was down because you invested in um, inventory on hand, whatever. Just make sure that you take notes so that when you are speaking to MMA attorneys and like you know getting ready to sell or even in your in any of your series fundraising along the way you're able to eloquently tell the story of the growth of the brand as opposed to letting somebody else ask the questions and tell the story for you one thing i want to ask because i think again we're similar in that way i came from an engineering background you from an interior design background Mm -hmm. but you know so much about the whole business by creating it ibita this and that Mm -hmm. did you learn it all by just doing it right or did you get trained in this or did you go to school for it no, I have no business training whatsoever. I mean, I literally started the business on Google and YouTube. Like yeah. that was my entire education. But um, we have really great partners. I mean, the investors that we have now from our seed round have been so instrumental in like educating us, which is something that we really look for in a partner. Um, and then also we have really, really great contractors. Like I have a CFO contractor who um, has like basically developed me into the person that I am now, like a year and a half ago, I did not know what EBITDA was. And that's like, you know, pretty intro stuff, you know, so she's really gone through and, and helped educate me. And so I owe a lot of this to her. Um, but I think, yeah, if, if you haven't had a business background, like it's a little bit tougher, but you know, Google, be a self-starter, get people in your corner who are going to help you and grow you and not just like tell you how to do it, tell you how to do it and tell you why and the why behind it and what the goals are down the road and help you kind of build out that strategy. It's hard. But as you said, so <laughs> rightly is, you know, your mentors, your investors, the people around you, like ask, ask, mm-hmm. ask, and don't like assume that, okay, I think I know, oh, but yeah. I won't ask. Like, no, even if you think, you know, ask again, like I remember I sat with my CFO and I was like, Okay, I know where every time I think, I know what operating profit is, I think, but can you just go through it as if like I had no <laughs> yeah. idea? Just I really understand. And then he explained, and I was like, okay, but so if I have $100 and then I spend $10, yeah. like, and he went that yeah. granular, yeah, yeah. like as if I was building Legos. And I was like, okay, now I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's what you yeah, have to do. Totally. Because um, honestly, like, I, it's the best way to learn it and also relatively to what you're building, yeah. right? Because you can actually picture it and mm-hmm, visualize mm-hmm. it. Um, so I love that. So like, you know, you, you, you said you, you know, after Freck Beauty, you have a lot of your, cause you're pretty an all rounder, mm-hmm. you know, you can do interior design, <laughs> fashion, accessories. Do you feel that, um, you know, everything you're doing is 
your initial path that you set out to do? Or do you feel like you're winging it on the way? Because I think a lot of people feel stressed that they haven't figured it mm-hmm. out. And I just want to know, like, do you feel the same? Like, you know, you think you'll do this, but maybe in five years time, you'll be doing, you'll be opening vegan restaurants. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do you think your path is? Is it, is it, is it winging it or is it? Yeah. yeah um, I think that's a great question. So when I started Freck Beauty, I was like 24. I'm 30 now. So maybe I was 23 when I started working on the concept. Yeah. I just turned 30. So obviously there's all the emotions that come up with that. <laughs> uh, but like, like pr- proud emotions, like, wow, Ren, you've really like, you've done a good job. You're doing okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm winging it all the time. Sometimes I think, I, I think about like, wow, we have investors now and we're in Sephora and that's amazing. But I do think about like, I kind of, uh, didn't really think about not growing the company when I started it. I was just like, oh, I want this to be as big as it possibly can be because I want to learn all the steps along the way by doing it myself. Um, because essentially as, as, uh, entrepreneurs, we're kind of unemployable, aren't we? (laughs) Um, a cer- yeah, in a certain exactly. way. Um, yeah. And we might not want to go back into the business no. because we've been on our own. I can't do long. it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you can, t- people can tell me what to do and I'll take the feedback, but um, I don't want to like build someone else's dream now that I know what it's like. You know, I, I do go back though. And I think about often, like, what would it be like if I had just been slinging freckles out of my uh, garage? Cause we, we started the, I started the business working off my dining room table, me and Des and our assistant, you know, and we were packing stuff up out of the garage. And I I think about like, what if I had really taken the time to think about, uh, just doing that, just having one employee and just grinding it out on our own, what my reality would be like now, you know, if I had made that decision. So I didn't really think about it then. And I think now I would be a little bit more thoughtful going forward. Like as far as the amount of stress now that I've done it, um, and now that I'm doing it, like the amount of stress that it is to have investors and have employees and all of the things, um, and have, you know, supply and demand issues and deal with, I literally was on the phone with the ports of Long Beach just before this, trying to get, you know, figure out where, where our ship is. Um, so I don't know, I'm winging it, but I think now that I'm a little bit more mature and kind of understand everything that goes into it, I think I would be a little bit more critical about like, really making sure that the future businesses that I start are, are worth it. And that I really truly believe in so that, you know, I don't get burned out again, which I'm sure you're going through the same stuff right now. Like it's a lot of work. It's fun though. It's a lot of work. It's so fun. But I think, yeah, as we get more mature, a bit more, um, I think also experienced with our own selves. That's a very important way to put it because mm-hmm. our own experiences are based on our own mm-hmm. personal journey. Mm-hmm. You have to tend to be a bit more decisive, decide on certain routes and not try to do everything because we've tried to do that sometimes in the past and we yeah. realize, you know, uh, oh, that didn't work out. This worked out. And I think later on, we have to be more, a bit more selective with mm-hmm. our path journey and do things that we have can channel what we've learned yeah. in. Um, having said that, of course, like enjoy it. Uh, try something and not everyone has enjoyed what they've done in their 20s some people have worked in companies just to pay bills and they want to now start mm-hmm. the chapter mm-hmm. at 30 or 40 and i've met you know some of the i had murad who started his brand at, in the 50s in his 50s oh that's and amazing. he was like age is nothing but numbers mm-hmm. going beyond freck i really want to just touch a little bit on remy um on you oh, and obviously the pandemic has been a big 
hits in yeah. the year and it's been very difficult but I think as an entrepreneur we've had to navigate and find ways to like um stay grounded stay motivated mm -hmm. so what's been the, your daily routine like recently um let's see I have really in in I, I know I opened up this, you know, podcast saying this, but really in the last year, like personally, I've really leaned on my friends and also uh, leaned on my friends and also really been there for my friends in a way that I always have. I have I'm a great friend, but I really like wanted to, to help people out during such a challenging time and connect with, you know, really spend some time connecting with the Freck fam on the internet. And that's been something that's been, you know, especially in in quarantine, like connecting with people was something that I desperately, desperately missed. Um, so I've been focusing on that. And then as far as daily routine, um, I've really, my, actually I had a, a new assistant, Jared, who came a couple months ago and he actually moved here from Florida to come work for Freck because he's been a Freck lover for years now. We've been friends on Instagram for years. So he came out and decided to come work for Freck in LA. Um, and he does his daily affirmations every morning, which I have never done before, but I've actually been doing it recently. Um, and so daily affirmations and just like practicing gratitude, like being so grateful for the life that I have and my team is just incredible. And, and just, you know, I think that's really like when you're a founder, like everybody has their own routine, but, um, that's been really helpful for me. Oh, and I've been going, I, this, I always forget to say this, but I've been going to therapy, uh, for like nine years now. So that's like absolutely my space, my time. I love it so much. I wouldn't be the person that I am without therapy. So, um, that's definitely weekly. Uh, actually, just on that note, because <laughs> the fact that you said it is quite um, serendipitous, because I was actually trying, I'm now looking to get therapy, mainly because uh, as a business founder and entrepreneur, but also just personally, mm -hmm. you know, we have our own little demons, ups and downs, mm -hmm. and I 100% believe therapy is something we all need as humans, mm -hmm. um, and it's nothing negatively associated yeah. with it, as some people might feel, I feel it's not. Um, but what tips would you give to people um for example referrals is someone mm -hmm. you know who's had someone that you trust mm -hmm. how would someone start that journey of getting therapy and i asked for myself <laughs> right now. yeah yeah um so i actually got I, i've been through many therapists in my life well i should say many four i've been through four three in the last nine years so i think that you can outgrow them i'll just say that first because i think some people need to hear that and and you know every every therapist brings their own like perspective their style of work. Um, so I think if you're feeling stagnant in therapy, it might be a good opportunity or a good time, but maybe like just date therapists a little bit. But, um, I found my therapist who I've been with for four years now, who I'm absolutely in love with. She's the best. She's so incredible. Um, I would research different kinds of therapies. So there's like psychoanalysis, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which are like two of the most common. Um, but there's all sorts of different kinds of therapy. There's like, you know, light therapy and you know, there's, there's so many different kinds. So I would kind of just do a little research. And then if you have a friend who you feel like you've seen their journey through therapy, their therapist is probably awesome and would have a great referral. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone is, not everyone is fortunate enough to, um, have a friend who they've seen their journey through therapy, but I think that's a really great place to start. And then beyond that, you know, just Google and, you know, make sure you check their ratings and reviews and, and date, a, you know, try a bunch of them and see if you like, if you don't click right away, it might not be the right one.
Exactly. And, and how you feel just from a person, like a connection yeah. or emotional, like how you just yeah. feel is also very important. But you, is it a weekly thing you would recommend to people? For right? sure. Yeah. yeah, I've done um, two a week. I've even done three a week at certain times where, that were really difficult. But um, right now I'm I'm weekly for sure. Um, and the other cool thing that's happening right now. So I, I just went back to therapy in person two sessions ago, but throughout all of COVID, I was on Zoom which you might think is really weird, right? Because it's like you're just used to sitting across the, the, ch- the couch from them, but it actually was totally doable. So I think that it's opened up, like my boyfriend is now going to therapy in New York and we both live here in LA. So I think it's kind of opened up a door like beyond, you know, like I would never even be able to go to a therapist on the West side of LA because I just don't have the time to, to drive more than 15 minutes ever. Um, but I think like our Zoom culture has opened up therapy to like, anywhere in the country or in the world, like whatever works for you. That's such a good point. And I think people who maybe doesn't have a friend who has therapy Mm -hmm. in their hometown, but have someone in another state or country, it's probably opened up a lot. Um, so that's, uh, well, thank you for that. Sorry. I know it's not necessarily the, the, the typical kind of questions, <laughs> but I think it's a very important one because it's something that we should talk more about openly yeah. and, and encourage, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel. I'm also starting, I'm in that, I'm on the hunt right now for actually a business therapist, like a leadership therapist as well. So I'm kind of like trying to, like cause I find coach, myself, leadership. not le- like, not so much life coach, like being a great leader and vision and kind of team building. And, you know, I think that's something that I've identified. Like I could, I could grow a little bit within my personal self. And I do spend a lot of time in therapy talking about work. So I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm going to separate these for a second and see how it goes. But I think everything like mental health and therapy and, and anything in life really is just like testing um, what works for you and just being open to whatever, you know, open to trying things out, I think is a, is a great like mentality about therapy and mental health in general. And I think it's a really good, I mean, I even said it wrong there, but like, I think it's really important to, yeah, even understand what other things you want to talk about because business is most of my life, but there's a whole chunk that I know I need to fix, which is more my mental side of things. And (laughs) it's not necessarily the work thing. So maybe even separating it is a very important thing to do as well. Um, to not just have a one way or crowded conversation. So, um, very, very, very cool. And so, you know, we're going to go into, um, some fire round questions in a bit before I do that. I have a question I ask like everyone and, mm-hmm. uh, it's still a relevant question because the world is still in this pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, travel is like starting to open up here and there, but TSA yeah. is being very strict and saying, look, you can mm-hmm. only bring one Freck beauty product with you. So <laughs> what is that go-to Freck beauty product? That's Remy's favorite. Oh my God. I love it. Um, if I can bring only one. Okay. Are we talking about like, are we talking about like desert Island? Like, cause obviously I'm going to pick cleanser. Cause like you can't not wash your face or are you just talking my favorite. I think more your favorite, like the one that you're going to tell okay. the person sitting next to you, like, Oh my God, this is an amazing product. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, honestly, it's going to be slime light, which is our highlighter that we've just launched. I have like loves of my life for sure within Freck and all of our products are like, you know, my favorite little children. But um, I've never been this excited for a launch. And I think a lot of that is uh, our, our launch was on Tuesday. So literally two days ago from this recording. Um, and I think a lot of that is that finally we have like the team in place to really build out a proper launch. Like every launch so far has been kind of just like scrambling to get it manufactured, get it to the 3PL on time, get it to, you know, ship it out, like make sure everything's okay. Um, 
So this was the first time that we've really been had the infrastructure to be prepared, and it just I think allowed me to like really educate myself on the formula, on the product. The the R and D that went into this product was insane. Like one little piece of the formula took like two months, you know, and there were like five different little pieces that took two months. Like it was crazy. So um, yeah, so I would bring Spotlight. Anyone listening, I know you're gonna go check it out, freckbeauty.com, but just some key words to get you enticed: multi mineral hologram highlighter loaded with. Mm-hmm. Unique HD pearls, multi-dimensional blinding luminosity, ultra creamy formula. I mean, I don't know if there's a trigger words for anyone, but that should be <laughs> straight away add to cart if I was saying anything. Yeah. So amazing what you've done there. And you can really see um, uh, you've also understood your brand DNA so well because it's just fit so effortlessly in your whole collection. So Aww, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, really, really cool. So we'll go to some fire round questions before we wrap it up. Okay, so let's those, do it. These are like... Quick answers, whatever comes to your mind. So the first okay. question is, what's another beauty brand you're currently loving? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Um, I love Say, it's spelled S-A-I-E, and they are just, I, I have to say I'm friends with the founder, but Lainey, I only Lainey. became friends with yeah. her, Lainey. I only became friends with Lainey because I love her product so much. So, you know, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? <laughs> uh, to be transparent. But um, her, she just launched this new. Basically, their their products are all like for easy, like glow on the go, like super fast five minute makeup application, which I can relate to pretty much every day. Um, and their new bronzer that they just launched is like Chef's Kiss perfection. It's incredible. It's the best, one of the best bronzers I've ever tried, if not the best. So, say. And then also. Amazing. This new company, well, not that new, they launched at the top of the year um, and they're called Scandal Beauty and they are the most just like high quality press on nails. And they are, I don't know about anyone else listening who gets their nails done, but like after COVID, I can't be bothered to go to the nail salon anymore. Like I went to the nail salon and it's like, it's an hour, hour and a half. And I just don't really want to spend my time doing that. I have like, I'd rather be reading or doing yoga or whatever. So I'm like super into press on nails now and they are the highest quality and they last like almost two weeks even for me who i'm like running around lifting boxes and jamming on my keyboard all day i love that well actually fun fact laney was my first ever recording of founded beauty that i ever did um oh but she was gosh. the sixth episode i released but she was the first ever one i did and i remember uh it was pretty cool and she's we were both incredible. at estee lauder companies working i was in london Aww. europe she was in she's amazing so uh, but scandal beauty i will research and hopefully i'll get them on the podcast i love hearing oh, the brands amazing. people love because uh, amazing uh what's a, a guilty pleasure of yours hmm Guilty pleasure. <sighs> I'm watching Love After Lockdown right now. <laughs> Which I is a it. show. It's a show where people get married to people who are in prison and they've never met them before. They meet them while they're in prison and then they get married and then they get released from prison and it's following their lives. I also love 90 Day Fiance. So clearly I have I have a theme here. Um yeah, that's a COVID thing. I wasn't into reality TV before COVID, and now I'm just like, sometimes I just want like really mindless, like turn off your brain and just like relax. So that's definitely guilty. I, oh, I get it. I mean, that, that, <laughs> especially like even sometimes background playing while you're working, doing emails. It's just so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the next question, I think you've already answered it, but there's a second part. So what are you currently watching or let's say reading? right now right now i'm reading um this book called untamed which i've 
started and stopped like three times. It's really great. Um, I'm only like a third of the way in, but it's kind of just about like personal development and growth. And it's this one woman story who grew up in a very um, conservative religious you know, family unit and then started her own conservative religious family unit and then comes out and kind of like her life after that. I'm also reading this, um, gosh, I forget. I just started it. I forget what it's called, but it's about, um, this, uh, this is, this, it's terrible. It's true crime. And it's about this, uh, girl who her mom gets abducted into the forest by this man. And then she is born in the forest by these two parents and then she, uh, they get found and she gets, you know, she starts her own normal life and kind of like navigating like literal wilderness life with like being in like a metropolis now. Oh, wow. Uh, so pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll ping it in. People watching that will let me know. <laughs> that'd be very cool. Um, yeah. what is your favorite social media platform right now? Oh, TikTok, 1000%. I'm addicted. I love it so much. Um, a, I, but you know, so Instagram is my OG. I know I'm so into TikTok right now. It's, I'm also really into that app, um, next door because I just moved to a new neighborhood. Um, and so I'm like, really, I just like seeing people who are like, uh, any, you know, I, I like the craziest stuff. They're like, I saw like 17 birds on the street, like having a party. Does anybody know what's going on? And it's like, what, the, what the heck is this like comment? So you find some really funny, ridiculous stuff on there I too. Uh, I, I'm you know, a bit of a segue, but I'm sure TikTok has just also been really good for Freck Beauty, right? Like in the last year, it's mm -hmm. just been... Oh, big, big totally. Problem. And, you know, it's been um, it's funny because we've really just recently, like in the last couple of months, started trying to work on our own TikTok. But already before that, we were like TikTok famous. But I think um, something that's really important for people to hear is that I, I personally think that the way that you went on TikTok as a brand, like, of course, build out your own pl platform. But the way that you went on TikTok as a brand, it's so authentic and it's so like personalized. The algorithm is so personalized to each user is like having other people talking about your brand. 100%. I fully agree. As opposed to working, I mean, you know, they're both important. And you think of yourself yeah. as a TikTok user, you want to see native, like very just not not brand yeah. institutional exactly. content. Exactly. But I actually first saw your brand on TikTok from an influencer. So there it is. It worked there you for, go. Uh, last year, I remember. So very cool. <laughs> and my last question is, um, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, I know we kind of touched on this, but what specifically mm -hmm. do you think you would be right now? Um... I probably would still be in, in interior design. Honestly, I do love interiors. It's a, it's a pretty tough, um, career though, because you know, you learn all of the technical skills that you need as a designer, but you oftentimes, depending on your education, don't learn how to manage people, which is a huge part of it, especially if you're in residential interior design, because it's so personal, like your home is so personal and a reflection to yourself and how you move through your home and, and the world and your life. Um, so yeah, I would probably still be in interiors, but definitely I want to, after Freck, at some point work on like historical preservation in East LA, um, architecturally. Well, you're full of amazing surprises and, and I'm so excited to see what the future holds for Remy and obviously for Freck Beauty. But in the meantime, where can everyone find you personally and follow the brand as well? Yeah. Well, if you guys want to hang out, I am super on Instagram all the time. My handle is hi.remi, which is R-E-M-I. Uh, you can find the brand on Instagram at Freck Beauty. Or sorry, excuse me. On Instagram, it's Freck. And TikTok, it's Freck Beauty. And I'm over there all the wow. time, too. So, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, go follow. I've just 
followed you. And um, oh, also, I will put all the links in the summary so easily you guys can just click and, and check out all the websites and links. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Remy, for sharing your journey. And um, I'm sure uh, we'll be seeing so many great things from you. And it's just been a pleasure. So thank you. Oh, you as well, Akash. Thank you so much. This is so fun. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music Podcasts, the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S-O-L D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off.